traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. This this is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Kelly. Real, Real New York 77 WABC. Um, I'll be right with you. I'm putting the finishing touches on a beautiful tweet. I think you're going to like it. Build back whatever. All right. Here we go. And it's out there in the social media universe. Three, two, one. Before I get reported to the Twitter cops. Ah, what the hell? It's fun. It is fun. It is so much fun being liberated, actually, being able to tell the truth, not driving some phony fake news narrative. I'm going to read you my tweet in a second. It's all about, uh, oh, yeah, January 6th. Kamala Harris came forward today. She said, we will remember where we were on January 6th, just like uh, Pearl Harbor Day and September 11th. She, They're actually equating it. It's It's funny. It's actually funny what they're trying to pull. Um, it's hilarious, actually. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's dangerous and weird at the same time, but it's funny because it's so obvious, so over the top. Uh, cut 52, please, from uh, Joe speaking on the solemn anniversary of January 6th. One year ago today, in this sacred place, democracy was attacked, <clears throat> simply attacked. That's it? All right. How about another one? Uh, cut uh, 53. For the first time in our history, the president had not just lost an election. He tried to prevent the peaceful transfer of power as a violent mob breached the Capitol. But they failed. They <laughs> failed. And on this day of remembrance, we must make sure that such attack never, never happens again. All right. You know, I'm <laughs> a couple of things here. Yeah, it wasn't such a big deal. It wasn't September 11th. It wasn't Pearl Harbor Day. Why are they exaggerating it like this? Now, Joe, I think a couple of things are going on here that uh, he hasn't even said out loud. Let's face it. He screwed up Afghanistan. Let's face it. Build back whatever. He screwed that up, too. All right. What does he have left? This. This is the uh, this is what they're going to use to abuse Trump, his legacy, everything they can and to jam in a bunch of crazy voting uh, restrictions or actually undo the restrictions that require voter ID. This is what this is what he can do now. Build back whatever is gone. Afghanistan, he lost. What else is there to do? Um, Hype the hell out of this big picture as he's going on and on and on about this. uh, I'm thinking, wait a second. This is just totally disproportionate to what happened. You know, they have to speak, oh, the democracy was under attack and all that stuff. Shut. It's not. No. Look, one person was killed and they're never talking about her. Her name is Ashley Babbitt. I've been I have a lot of gosh, that that really drives me nuts that that woman shot and killed, not posing a deadly threat. And no one talks about her, least of all, Joe Biden. He's um, so 
why are they making such a big deal out of it? Uh, this is their last desperate move to stop Trump. They tried with Russia. They tried with the phony impeachment. They've been trying with January 6th. Unlike uh, the phony impeachment and Russia, January 6th, they think, is easier to understand. But that actually works against them because, yes, it is easier to understand. We can all look at what happened. We can all see that Congress was back in business an hour and a half later. It was no big deal. They were able to finish their business, actually. And maybe they finished their business a little bit too quickly. I'm talking about the lawmakers, the senators and the congressmen, because I think they were spooked by what happened that day. And we did not get the debate about the electoral count that we wanted. Um, so in a weird way, this, this, the violence, the demonstrations, the protests, the riot, they really worked against people like me who wanted a full discussion and debate. And I wanted to, yeah, push the push that. Electoral Count Act of 1887, you can look it up. It's provisions. There's a way to do this. There was a way to discuss the election. And here's the big takeaway. I Actually, on the way to work, I thought about this. You know, I've been so wrapped up in January 6th, the mechanics of it, you know, where the cops were, why did this cop let that person in? And quite frankly, yes, the death of Ashley Babbitt, and I'm, I'm proud of the uh, the attention and the, the, the focusing on that. I think I've done a lot of good, quite frankly. And I'll continue to talk about Ashley Babbitt and investigate. But all this stuff about January 6th has um, they've succeeded in silencing us from talking about the election because I still have very grave concerns about the fairness of the 2020 election. And you can, too. But the moment you start talking about it, people get nervous. Your boss is going to get nervous. Your friends are going to get nervous. Your neighbors are going to get nervous. Depends upon where you say it. If you say it on social media, oh, boy, watch out. As I alluded to today, I said, um, well, I said just this. And then right away, I got dozens of people saying they're reporting me, reporting me, freedom of speech, reporting me. Now, what the hell was I talking about? Well, I, I made the point January 6th. And the fallout of it and debating what happened that day and didn't happen that day and those cops and all that stuff. We're not talking about Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia. That's all said and done. Ooh, we're not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Well, I am going to touch it with a 10-foot pole, damn it. Because we have been li- as recently as this morning, Joe Biden was lying. Imagine that. Kamala Harris, uh, in introducing him, said, there is no man who has the fortitude and the integrity like this man I know so well, Joe Biden, the president of the United States. And she introduces him at fortitude and integrity. Uh, the guy is never seen after lunch. He has no endurance. He has no stamina. He's not up for this job. And integrity. Uh, tonight, I'll should do I have to do it anymore? I mean, you, I wonder sometimes if people are getting sick of them, but. We've got hours and hours of uh, tape of this guy lying, flat out lying about everything. All right. His education, his accomplishments, uh, corn pop, all that stuff. It's just all nonsense. So he is a documented liar. It's really great. So uh, where, where, where does this leave us? Oh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I can talk about Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania, to me, is the most understandable one. Look, I'll admit it. I do not have the technical skill to talk about 
the vote in what's that Antrim County, Michigan, and what the hell happened there and these data systems, I don't know. There are only a few experts in the world who do know, actually. And the fake news, by the way, has really stigmatized and borderline criminalized anyone who raises these issues. But the one that's really cut and dried, right, very easy to understand, is Pennsylvania. Now, Pennsylvania, there were two ways to vote in Pennsylvania uh, all the way up until the 2020 election. Two ways to vote, in person or absentee with excuse. That's according to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania's own constitution. Every state has a constitution, and those are the rules. In person or absentee with excuse. I'm in the military. I'm in the hospital, business trip, whatever. you got to give an excuse. you got to apply. So uh, with COVID, everything changed. And they started handing out ballots on the street corner. You too can vote. Just vote. Just, just, just fill this damn thing out. Don't worry about it. Uh, see, that's in violation of the Constitution of Pennsylvania. Uh, you can change the Constitution of Pennsylvania, but they never bothered doing that. You've got to do a bunch of things. You have to have a little mini convention, and then you have to have both houses in the – what the hell is the capital of uh, Pennsylvania? I always want to say Philadelphia, but it's not. I think it's Pittsburgh or Harrisburg or something like that. Yeah, Harrisburg. Um, they all have to approve it. And then even when they approve it, guess what they have to do? They have to put it up for a vote. Every single person in Pennsylvania, theoretically, they got to put it on the ballot, and everybody – agrees or disagrees to change the Constitution. None of that happened. They just said, COVID, oh boy, anybody can vote, wherever you are. Nursing homes, you get it. And that's where funny business can happen, big time. All right, it's time. Uh, Stay with me. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Uh, All right, wait, 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 I got to get through this Biden thing real quick and then uh, no more talk about Joe Biden uh, because do I feel sorry for him? No, but I, I kind of I do understand what's happening. Uh, let me read you some tweets again. All right. I'm sorry. I sometimes I put too much attention into these dumb things, but he's excuse me. I use a word that I usually don't word. You, he's PO'd right now about everything. Trump drives him nuts because Trump supporters love the guy other than Jill and sometimes Hunter. No one loves Joe. Even his own dog hated him. Mean, angry guy. Lost Afghanistan and that build back whatever thing. All he's got is hate of Trump. It's totally true. And by the way, if Joe is so confident about his victory, would he be this angry and deceptive and mean and defensive? Cut 55, please, from this morning. We didn't see a former president who had just rallied the mob to attack sitting in the private dining room off the Oval Office in the White House, watching it all on television and doing nothing for hours as police were assaulted, lives at risk, the nation's capital under siege. He was tweeting his ass off, telling everybody to stop. Then he made a statement saying stop. He's lying and inciting, inciting, inciting. Well... You heard him, and I heard him say, don't do anything. He said, be peaceful. I heard it. This is not incitement. If anybody incited a riot, I want to know which Capitol Police officer threw a smoke grenade into the crowd of people just standing around. 
Let's find out the Capitol Police officers who let the people in. Let's also find the Capitol Hill cops attired in riot gear who just stood there as a Trump supporter begged for help. And let's finally get some answers out of that Michael Byrd who shot Ashley Babbitt. Hmm? There's uh, a lot more to this, Joe. It's a fantasy you've weaved. Oh, I hear Donald Trump has said something about this. Wait a second. Ooh, this could be good. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Where's the Trump statement? We have it yet? Oh, man. Here we go. Here we go. Statement from Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States. To watch Biden speaking is very hurtful to many people. Damn right. They're the ones who tried to stop the peaceful transfer of power with a rigged election. Just look at the numbers. Does anybody really think that Biden beat Obama with the black population in select swing state cities, but nowhere else? That he would lose 18 out of 19 bellwether counties and 27 out of 27 toss-up house races, but somehow miraculously received the most votes in American history with no coattails? That he would lose Florida, Ohio, and Iowa and win, even though it has never been done before. Yeah, I'm so glad he's talking about this. He's talking about the election. And you know what? I got to do it, too. And I'm sorry I haven't. I got to roll up my sleeves and start figuring this stuff out. And you, too. I know it's complicated, but they'll do it again. More from Trump. They spread a web of lies about me and Russia for four years to try to overturn the 2016 election. And now they lie about how they interfered in the 2020 election, too. Big tech was used illegally. Damn straight. Where did all those votes show up from in Georgia, where it was just revealed they sold ballots for $10 apiece? Or in Pennsylvania and Arizona and Wisconsin, he acts like he's aggrieved. But we're the ones who were aggrieved, and America is suffering because of it with poisonous borders, record inflation, a humiliating surrender in Afghanistan, $5 a gallon for gas and higher empty stock shelves, and rampant crime. America is a laughingstock of the world, and it's all because of the real insurrection, which took place on November 3rd. But this is an election year, and MAGA Republicans should get elected and with and work with me to fix this horror that Joe Biden and the Democrats have brought us. Never forget the crime of the 2020 presidential election. Never give up. Damn. Uh, Wow, that's good. President Donald Trump just released that statement a short time ago. And um, it's awesome. It's totally awesome. It makes total sense, too. (sighs) Hey, and by the way, if you're concerned about what I said, listen to what the attorney general said yesterday. All right. These are political beliefs and we're allowed to have them in America. Don't worry. Joe Biden is the president. We all saw him get sworn in. But we have grave concerns about how he got there and we're allowed to have them. Stay out of it. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Oh, man, that was one hell of a statement, huh? (laughs) No one else is saying this stuff other than Trump and to a lesser extent me. Uh, and I'll admit right now, I haven't been talking too much about the election. Okay, well, you know, no, but don't, can't look back, got to look forward, all that stuff. I don't think so anymore. No, that's what they want. And that's one of the reasons why they've hyped the hell out of January 6th, to take our eye off the ball. Okay, November 3rd, 2020. And now I have a right, now look, as we say in the news business, there's a peg to talk about it. Because Joe Biden, out of the blue, just talked about... uh 
election fraud and, and, and what he calls lies about the election. Well, since you brought it up, Joe, I think we need to look into it all over again. He just like kind of stirred this pot for no reason. He didn't have to go out there and what was that horrible speech he gave? Um, uh, first of all, this was the most offensive thing possibly of the day. Kamala Harris coming out and saying this, and you, 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 if you're if you're with me, you know you know about nine eleven. I mean, we know what the hell happened. Of course, they give me a break. Cut fifty seven, please. December seventh, nineteen forty one. September eleventh, two thousand and one, and January sixth, twenty twenty one. All right. Well, there she is saying all the dates, and she's equating them like it's they all run together. January sixth and Pearl Harbor and nine eleven. It's insanity. It's insanity, and they're getting desperate. They're getting nervous. I think they're worried about being caught. Cut 56, please. My fellow Americans, in life there's truth, and tragically there are lies. Lies conceived and spread for profit and power. We must be absolutely clear about what is true and what is a lie. And here's the truth. The former president of the United States of America has created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election. He's done so because he values power over principle, because he sees his own interest as more important than his country's interest, than America's interest, and because his bruised ego matters more to him than our democracy or our Constitution. He can't accept he lost. Here's a here's what really drives him crazy. We love Trump. Trump supporters love the guy. He should recognize that and move on. He can't beat Trump. Biden can't beat Trump. Nobody loves Joe. Maybe Jill, maybe Hunter. Not even the dog. The dog's always running away and biting him and giving him a hard time. In life, there are truth and there are lies. And we must fight the lies and support the truth. He's so angry about it. Um... Oh, right. There's truth and there are lies. OK, but Joe, um, that's not your business. That's not your role. You don't tell me what to believe. OK, you you stay the hell out of that. And he didn't only say it today. He said it on Inauguration Day that we have to fight the lies. Now, that sounds again. OK, I guess nobody likes lies. But who makes that decision? Democrats and big tech. Yeah. Democrats and big tech. And guess what? They accuse me of lying just because I'm worried about the November 3rd election. They accuse me of lying because I'm critical of a police officer who acts nothing like a police officer, goes before a committee on Capitol Hill, goes on CNN and spouts horrible left wing talking points. And they pretend that I'm anti-cop. That's what they did with those uh, those phony balonies, by the way. They lawyered them up. They coached them. They found the guys that hated Trump. And I, in a weird way, I fell into their trap, but that's actually okay. That's actually okay because nobody else will do it. <laughs> well, nobody else will go in this trap, so I will. But that was their plan. You put these guys up. Fanon, Dunn, Hodges. Who was the other one? Gunnell, the one who took an oath of office. And you get them saying horrible things about Trump. But everybody, even a lot of conservatives, are afraid to take them on. 
Because people in this game, government, the swamp, all that stuff, media, just about none of them have any inkling what it's like to actually, I don't know, go to boot camp in the Marine Corps, you know? Or watch your father pull a gun on a guy who just snatched a purse. What I'm saying is my time in the military, quite frankly, having a dad who served in law enforcement for as long as he did, I'm very comfortable in this space. And I know what's right and I know what's wrong. And the way these officers have been conducting themselves, off-duty, yeah, you can do whatever you want off-duty, sure, I guess, to a point, not really, kind of. But then it's fair game. Now, I'm not attacking the way Officer Dunn did his job from whenever the hell he joined the Capitol Police until January 6th. I've been critical of his statements on CNN, MSNBC, before the January 6th committee. And that's America, baby. You're allowed to. Officer Dunn wants to get in the fray. I Now, now, now Fanon wants to be a talk show host. Okay. Well, actually... Hey, good for you, Fanon. At least you're, you know, you cut the crap. You know what I mean? You're not trying to pretend you're a cop anymore. Now you can hang out with Molly Ball and she could do a, another profile on you for Time Magazine. May not be in the cover, but yeah, you can get some mileage and money out of this. What do you guys think? Dan in Montgomery. Where, what Montgomery? There are a bunch of Montgomerys I know. Hi. Hi, Greg. How are you? Uh, My Montgomery is Montgomery, New York. It's actually between Newburgh and Middletown, a little Mm. bit upstate. Mm. And uh, I uh, listen to you daily, and I understand uh, that you're a spiritual man, as I am. Mm. And I would like to maybe uh, help you uh, maybe reverse the news cycle today by reminding people that this day, the 6th of January— used to be a very happy and celebratory time for literally hundreds of millions of people around the world. Yeah, it's the Orthodox Christmas, right? uh, Right. It's it's a feast of the three kings, which is actually exclusively celebrated uh, in uh, South America Mm. over our Christmas. All right. And uh, remember that the three wise men, or the three kings, came to visit the baby Jesus, and they certainly were not Christians. So this is a worldwide situation. So I ask everyone out there listening, you said before, they've got us with our eye off the ball. They've succeeded, unless people like yourself and others that will go on the air radio and television for the rest of the day, because this point is huge and it cannot be knocked away. Which point? Which point? Negative, by negative news commentary from CNN. Let what? CNN and MSNBC. Wait, I know, Dan. Wait, people. hold on, Dan. Yes. I'm with you. But what? so what is the point? What is the epiphany? What, what is the point that we're supposed to talk about today? We're supposed to talk about a little Christmas. Oh, I can't do that. I can't. I know. Things. I. I. I can't. I'm. I'm not gonna. I can't do that tonight on the show. I just can't make a big well, deal out of it. I, I, I mean, I, I understand about you know everything is about you know ratings. And no, I mean, look, like I look. The only reason why I knew that it was that day is because some girl at the office uh, told me she wasn't going to be in today because of that. That's the only way I know. So, and that's good. I, I didn't say, oh, okay, I understood. Uh, you know, I, I, but I can't, I'm sorry, pal. I mean, you know, I just can't, I'm not going to drum it up 
I, I, I would be not authentic. I, I just, you know. All, all I'm trying to do is to bring a, 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 a good up against all the evil that is being, uh, you know, forced upon us by people in Congress who are in Congress. Uh, yeah. All right. Look, you know, you and I both know that God has this all worked out. He does. It always works to his benefit or our benefit. There's always a plan. And Dan, I'm going to just say, if we get into that Bible, get into it, read it every day, and you will start seeing amazing things. He will start talking to you. He's listening all the time. And um, this is I go to the grotto at St. Mary's Church right. uh, almost every day in the village of Montgomery. So I'm tied right into the mother. Yeah. All right, Dan. uh, What? All right. Yes. All right. Listen, I got to get you to call back tomorrow, but I appreciate it. It's a good reminder about what today is. Uh, But, you know, look, I don't know enough about it to, uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, you understand. Right, Dan? Oh, I, I, yes, I understand. I do. I do. But I love you. I love love that you pointed out. We got to know about those kings, by the way, because those kings and they they actually told the who was. Wait, Dan, you still there? (laughs) The kings, the kings were. was it Pontius Pilate or the Pharaoh? Who was freaked out um, at that moment, and the kings deceived him on purpose? They wanted to know. They brought the kings. Herod? Like, was it Herod? Herod, Herod that guy. Yes. yes. And the yeah, kings, that guy. That's the, right. The kings deceived him on purpose to protect Jesus. It's all in the Bible. It's beautiful. We'll be right back. Thank you. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Hi. Uh, I didn't mean to, I, I'm sure Dan understands where I'm coming from. I just, uh, yeah, I just can't. Yeah. What is it again? Three Kings Day? Is it Three Kings Day for short? All right. That's good. That's good. I got to know more about it, though. Uh, all right. Well, what time is it? I got to get ready for the big show, the show of all shows tonight. Um the thing that I want to say finally on Ashley Babbitt, I'm not done talking about her for a long time. I'll never forget what happened to her. A person shot and killed by a cop right on television. She was unarmed, not doing anything wrong. And, uh, oh, wait a second. She was engaged in a terrorist. No, no, no. She was jumping through a window. Might have even been pushed. And that's not, no. She didn't comply. Well, you just don't, You. that's not what you do. You don't shoot them. But here's what really one of the things that bothers me about this case. She um, was denied military rights at her funeral. If you served honorably in the United States military, you know what you're entitled to? A military funeral with a flag and small little honor guard. A little statement is read. Everybody who served, honorably served, gets one of those. The Pentagon and the generals, so many of them are scaredy cats. They really are. All they they live in fear of Kirsten Gillibrand. <laughs> give me give me a break. They just don't want to be yelled at on Capitol Hill, and they'll do, they'll do anything. I'm getting all kinds of reports that they've gone woke, crazy, insane in the military. And um, China's probably going to eat our lunch if uh, if this keeps up. They denied her a military funeral. Now, on what grounds? None. Uh, the grounds, I guess, were that the media were portraying her negatively. She wasn't convicted of anything. She didn't have her status as an honorable, honorably discharged veteran revoked. Although maybe they did after the fact somehow. They certainly didn't do it 
<laughs> on January 6th, it just the Pentagon doesn't work that fast. So some jerk on the phone just made the decision. No military funeral for Ashley Babbitt. Well, I, I really hope to correct that someday, that military honors will be officially rendered to her and her family because they deserve it. Um, that, that, that just is, uh, yeah. And how about that Kamala Harris saying, uh, not only, wait, there were two outrageous things she said. She said, uh, what was that again? 57? December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. Yeah. So she makes that comparison. And then she introduces Joe Biden as a man with a great fortitude and integrity and, God, last night I found footage of Kamala Harris saying during the campaign when she was running for president that she believed the women who accused Joe of sexual harassment. And worse, she believes women. So that's one of the reasons why Jill By- uh, Kamala Harris's political life is falling apart all over the place. If you read the, um, the Swamp newspapers, um, the Biden administration is leaking on her left and right. They're really trying to hurt her. Um, all right, real quick here. Uh, Sam in Woodside, hello. Yeah, hi. How are you? Uh, great job. Okay, this reminds me of the American Revolution, and the similarity is the haves against the have-nots. Now, the haves today are the uh, Democrats, the have-nots are the Republicans, and in New York City, the have is Charlene McRae, oh. and the have-nots of the homeless, okay? Now, I have, I have a message for Bill O'Reilly, but I can't get to him, so I want to go, go to, through you to him. No, no, Sam, hey. you got to get him to, uh, get him on the website. <laughs> you got to go through me to get to Bill O'Reilly. All right, Sam, I, don't, I can't figure out who the haves and the have-nots are in your story. What's your message to Bill real quick? Okay, take the Biden speech, okay? Reprint it word for word. And put Biden every time um, Trump is mentioned. All right, thank you. Because why could I? Uh, why couldn't he be giving me that message? I could have taken this. I mean, me, like give it to me, Greg Kelly. I don't know. I got to tell you, I love Bill O'Reilly. He's one of my favorites. But it used to get under my skin, and I, <laughs> I used to get under my skin. Back when I was at the Fox News Channel when I first started out, and every now and then I'd be recognized on the street, and they say, "Excuse me, are you Greg Kelly?" I said, "Well, yes, I am." They say, oh, wow, can I tell you something? We really like Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> just like, oh, sh- I just, I know. I love Bill, too, but what about me? Anyway, my ego is um, is just as fragile now. Hey, but I'll tell you this about Bill. There'd be no Fox News if it wasn't for Bill O'Reilly, all right? Uh, the guy kept the lights on. The guy kept the money coming in. Um, and in 2002, uh, when did I get to Fox? 2002, I left there in... The news channel. I left there in 2008. And um, the guy, like everybody during the day, the reporters, those little daytime news shows, it was all killing time, waiting for Bill to show up and start making the real money and entertaining uh, tens of millions of people and informing them as well. All right. Hey, thanks. Oop, the music. Uh, Quick coffee break. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Wow, you'd be surprised. 
These horrible people saying really nasty things about Ashley Babbitt. Incredible. Um, shall we look at it again? I'm sorry. No weapon, nothing. And then they, they just say the most foul things about her. Uh, fake news is coming down on me big time, and that's always a good sign. All right? That's very, very good. And um, let's see here. i got everything else. Oh, we got the video. All right. Let me get my act together here. Number one, uh, most of you are listening and uh, living in the New York City area, although there are others who listen all over the world, online and all through uh, out America. And if you're thinking about coming to New York City, I have a special message to all of you. And actually, for that, I'm going to turn it over to Kamala Harris just for a moment. But on this, she was correct. When 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 the idea crosses your mind to visit the Big Apple, what you should what should you do? Do not come. Do not come. Don't come until this situation settles down. The situation I'm talking about is this new psychotic lunatic nut job district attorney. We talked about him yesterday, Alvin Bragg, who thinks he's some sort of big shot. He's going to revamp how society works because 86,000 people in a city of 8 million voted for him. Nobody was looking. Nobody was paying attention. And now the office once occupied by Frank Hogan and Thomas Dewey and uh, Bob Morgenthal. Well, now it's a guy named Alvin. And he thinks because a friend of his got shot when he was a kid and he used to run with the wrong crowd, that we should somehow pay the price for this. And resisting arrest is no longer against the law. And armed robbery will no longer send you to prison. This is the kind of stuff that he's actually telling his prosecutors. Don't prosecute. Don't prosecute resisting arrest. And if somebody robs a bodega with a gun, the first question you should ask is, well, did he shoot anybody? No? Okay. Good. Let's just see if we can... Work this out. All right. Let's see if we can put him in an after school program. Let's see if we can. Hey, what was that thing that they were crazy about in the 90s? Midnight basketball. We're going to set up a midnight basketball program. Midnight basketball. First of all, I, it, I wasn't even living here at the time. Where the hell was I? I was in, uh, I was in the Marine Corps somewhere. And Bill Clinton was talking about midnight basketball. I'm like, that has trouble written all over it. Playing basketball at midnight? I just. I, I I never do you do you remember that? I got a guy, I caught a guy in some big time fake news. Uh, Hodges, one of the cops on uh, January sixth, who became a political celebrity after that hearing. Here he is talking about ooh all the bad stuff that happened to him. Cut thirty eight. The mob of terrorists were coordinating their efforts now, shouting heave ho. As they synchronized, pushing their weight forward, crushing me further against the metal door frame. The man in front of me grabbed my baton that I still held in my hands, and in my current state, I was unable to retain my weapon. He bashed me in the head and face with it, rupturing my lip and adding additional injury to my skull. So, oh, at this point, that. I knew I couldn't sustain much more damage and remain upright. Redem ruptured his lip. Didn't just bite his lip or get a fat lip. It ruptured his lip, and his skull was falling apart. Well, I got a picture of him nine days later looking just fine. And he went in front of the media and did all kinds of media interviews. 
Didn't talk about his ruptured lip or his uh, skull uh, falling apart. He just stood there and looked healthy. And he said this. He had fun on January 6th. He would have done it for free. Cut 39. If it wasn't my job, I would have done that for free. You know, it, was, it was absolutely my pleasure to crush a white nationalist insurrection. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm glad I was in a position to be able to help. So if, we'll do it as many times as it takes. Hey, you hear him laughing? And, 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 and seven months later, when he's been groomed and coached and lawyered, how does he sound then? Cut 38 one more time. The mob of terrorists were coordinating their efforts now, shouting heave, ho, as they synchronized, pushing their weight forward, crushing me further against the metal door frame. Yeah. The man in front of me grabbed my baton that I still held in my hands. Sounds like a and different person. In my current person. state, I was unable to retain my weapon. Oh. He bashed me in the head and face with it, rupturing my lip. Lies! And adding additional injury to my Stop. skull. Stop! All right. And one more time. That was seven months later. Now let's listen to him the following week. Cut 39. If it wasn't my job, I would have done that for free. You know, it, was, it was absolutely my pleasure to crush a white nationalist insurrection. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm glad I was in a position to be able to help. So we'll do it as many times as it takes. He's laughing his ass off. Having fun. I saw the footage, too. He's, he's enjoying himself, and he's enjoying the attention. Phew. Just remember, January 6th wasn't an insurrection, and it was only deadly for one person. Uh, Ashley Babbitt and maybe Roseanne Boylan as well. Uh, but that's it. Brian Sicknick was an entirely different matter. And all those suicides, I'm sorry, you can't count those. But the fake news has been giving its marching orders. Deadly insurrection. Just keep repeating it. And sooner or later, everybody will believe it. They're wrong. But they try. Cut 40. Four Americans are dead after the deadly insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, incited by President Trump. Deadly insurrection, where a mob of Trump supporters stormed the Capitol. Uh, Donald Trump incited a deadly insurrection against the United States government. The President of the United States incited a deadly insurrection against America. And what is now a deadly insurrection that resulted in the deaths of five people. They pressed for details about uh, what Trump did to stop the deadly insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Uh, <laughs> deadly insurrection. Deadly insurrection. He incited a deadly insurrection. What about the incitement that the media posed to the entire world over Black Lives Matter? The incitement, the false narrative that the chief threat to young black men in America is white cops. Now that is a lie. And they have repeated it. They have hyped it. They have distorted it. They have just, it, they ran with it for their own selfish purposes. And now it's accepted in the hood and elsewhere. Cops, killers, don't comply. It happened, I think, just last night. Female officer said, can I see your hands, please? Take your hands out of your pockets. In this climate, what do you do? You fight back. You resist. In this case, the guy pulled out a gun and shot. That's the climate. That's incitement. And every fake news jerk played a role in that. Every single one of them. 
because they're afraid to go against the narrative. Some corporate sanitizer, who knows how these things actually get started. That would be fascinating. But it's dishonest and wrong. And uh, what did uh, Joe did say today? The truth will set you free. Oh, here's a guy. Here's a real sneak to watch out for. Merrick Garland. Boy, talk about a wimp. This guy went out and gave the most incendiary political partisan speech yesterday and then had the nerve to throw this in the middle. Cut 42. They demonstrated to all of us and to our country what true courage looks like. Their resolve, their sacrifice, and their bravery protected thousands of people working inside the Capitol that day. Five officers who responded selflessly to the attack on January 6th have since lost their lives. I ask everyone to please join me in a moment of silence. All right, there's a problem here. I mean, this is so deceptive. Now, four of those officers committed suicide. And, you know, they said selflessly. Can you imagine an officer not responding? You know, you're on duty, you're in uniform, it's your job, and you run away. Selflessly, it's part of the job. You know, please, if you're thinking about, you know, get help, it's the worst thing you can ever do, suicide. Um, But they've studied this. And police suicides are generally related to things not um, job related. You know, everybody, everybody's in the dumps sometimes. But unfortunately, or, you know, it's just the way it is. They've got the instrumentality sometimes to, you know, to make something happen that they shouldn't. I, I want to say this also. They say I'm anti-cop. No, I'm not anti-cop. I love the cops. Of course I do. What I'm against is guys like this, though, making political spectacles out of Harry Dunn on duty. I'm sure he's great. Harry Dunn on CNN is a fraud. Cut 43, please. That prompted a torrent of racial epithets. One woman in a pink MAGA shirt yelled, you hear that, guys? This voted for Joe Biden. Then the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in screaming, Boo. No one had ever, ever called me a while wearing the uniform of a Capitol Police officer. Uh, I don't believe the guy said that before. There were tape recorders all over the place. He said 20 people surrounded him or were using the N-word. Oh, by the way, something else that's fishy in that story there he is trying to quell a riot, and these are a bunch of crazy Trump supporters, and he and he says, well, I voted for Joe Biden. Now, is that the kind of thing you do? You know, I was once caught in a Black Lives Matter uh, melee not too far from here. And I got to admit, I, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't put on an NYPD baseball hat that day, okay? Call me, uh, call me a wimp or whatever. I didn't – that would have been inciting something. I could say to Officer Dunn, hey, were you trying to provoke these folks? Why did you bring up Joe Biden? Why did you do that? That, that Just by the way, I, 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 I said I voted for Joe Biden, and then they all called him the N-word. Something's very fishy, and he's backed off that, by the way, because uh, his fellow officers. Here's the thing. I don't like these four cops going on political talk shows making political statements. And I noticed that the fake news 
We've been at this now for a year, one year since January 6th. Why is it that the fake news only talk to the same four guys? There are almost 1,500 cops on that uh, Capitol Hill Police Department. Why am I only hearing from the same four all the time? Pardon me. Ever think about that? Oh, and this Officer Gunnell, the one who uh, took an oath. I took an oath. Well, anyway, his big talking point is uh, he served in Iraq, and it was more dangerous than anything he saw in Iraq. That is not as impressive as it sounds. I, did I tell you when I was in Iraq and I saw some crazy stuff and, yeah, dangerous stuff, but I also, quite frankly, had a few laughs and enjoyed myself, too. Remember when the iPod first came out? Not the iPhone, but the iPod. I bought my very first iPod at a great big superstore PX in Tikrit, Iraq. This thing was run by the U.S. military. I, I bought an iPod mini. It was silver. It was brand new. You could buy flat-screen TVs over there. I did a story. We had a pastry chef working in the mess hall. They had 61, not 31, 61 flavors of ice cream. Was Ganell in charge of the ice cream? What was that guy's job? There are a lot of people in Iraq who, you know, hey, by the way, it's a risk. It's a gamble to go over there. Big time. And anybody who goes, yeah, they deserve some credit. But let's take it easy. Back to deserving the credit, uh, when I was embedded during the invasion, uh, the first soldiers we lost were truck drivers, eight of them. Um, anyway, there's also guys who hand out basketballs, and there are also guys who work at Burger King. Sorry, but it's true. Contractors. But, yeah, you know, you get the picture. Uh, and Gunnell talking about how heroic he was and all that stuff and how this was so much worse than anything he saw in Afghanistan. He said that to David Muir, the pretty boy on ABC. Do me a It was last night. He talked to all four of these cops. Find the part where he said, wasn't this worse than Iraq? He says, yes, it was. And I took an oath. And that David Muir is something else with that hair and is like he just he's just struggling all the time to look like a thoughtful person. If I strike this pose, will I look more pensive? Hmm. Will I look more intelligent? Oh, prediction. Prediction. David Muir is going to start wearing a pair of eyeglasses to make him look really smart. <laughs> That's going to enhance the whole thing. Uh, all right. All right. Hey, uh, Joe, real quick, what's up? Hello, Greg. Listen, as far as uh, this... Uh, Biden's speech, I didn't hear it, but I, I heard parts of it. Didn't Kamala say that the that the the uh, 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 protesting shouldn't stop? Why can't I protest? And as far as this Harry Dunn, uh, what is he, the LeBron James of uh, of the Capitol Police? Another just just shut up and walk your beat or do whatever you do. Maybe maybe you shouldn't wave shouldn't wave people in. And as far as as far as Joe Biden running in 2024, he won't even be able to run water. And as far as Kamala Harris doing anything productive, not today. <laughs> what do you mean about that? Not today. And that very sinister laugh at the end of it. What, That's what? her laugh. Her cackling. Oh. She's, a, she's the last oh, of right. the cackling. Uh, I don't want to get in trouble for calling her a cackling Negro. Oh, I just All right. Did. Stop that. Yeah. Bye. Joe, you had me, but you can't say words like that. Come on, stop it. Get out of here. You, I don't like that. That's not nice at all. At all. Not 
I knew there was something really sinister about Joe's laugh, though. That wasn't going in a good direction. But of the other points, no, Joe. Oh, real quick, Susan in Brooklyn has something to say. Yes, hi, Susan. Hey, Greg, you are a godsend. Um, oh. I really I love your courage, and you inspire us. Um, I, I want to know, I think you mentioned this individual before, um, Ray Epps, yeah. who was someone seen on many videos uh, um, inciting not the, just the day of the um, of the uh, protest, but and that he was on uh, the the DOJ website as yeah. a, as um, someone right. a person of interest. All right, let me, Ray Epps was a guy. Yeah, well, Ray Epps was a guy who was seen on tape encouraging the uh, the violence. It seemed telling everybody we got to take the Capitol, and he's like really being pushy about it, and he's right up there against the gate telling everybody to charge, charge, charge. And for whatever reason, they don't want him anymore. They don't want to talk to him. It's very strange. He lives in Arizona. We know who he is. He was on the FBI list, and then he disappeared. It's all strange. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And thank you. I'm writing a note to myself. we got to talk about Ray Epps and show that video. So strange. And also, the FBI, there are other people that they are strangely uninterested in. Look, I have no problem if the FBI had informants in that crowd. But what were those informants doing? Were they trying to stop the violence? Were they trying to call ahead and saying, you know, give them intel about what was happening? Or were they somehow facilitating the violence, trying to keep it going? That is a big question. Be right back. You're listening to one of the most iconic stations in the nation. An American original. Talk Radio 77. WABC. At WABCRadio.com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Year number six. We're about to embark on Bernie and Sid in the morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's another year and I'm a happy guy. Funny, entertaining, and not just a standard Q&A. We're all in it together. I'm ready to be back, and uh, let's do this. Let's do this. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Weekday morning, 6 to 10. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Individual rates, coverage offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas. Actual pie customer. Workers' comp can crush a small business every year. It would jump 5, 10, 15, 20%, even though there was never any claims. And that's where I was struggling as a growing business. That's Mike Lozier, owner of Gutter Plumber, a small business in New Jersey. A while back, Mike found his workers' comp costs rising. Luckily, he discovered Pi Insurance. From start to finish, it was extremely easy. They quickly came back to me with a plan that was affordable for me. Are you overpaying for workers' comp? Just go to trypi.com, share a few details about your business, and you could save up to 30% with no hassle or hidden fees. Like Mike, we think you'll be glad you did. I'm very happy that I moved over to Pi for my workers' comp so that I can grow my company while not breaking the bank. Find out how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent or get a quote at trypie.com. That's T-R-Y-P-I-E dot com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Okay, folks, is it possible we've been looking at weight loss in the wrong way? Leading weight loss experts at the Skinny Center in Westchester have helped thousands shed from 5 to 125 pounds. What is their secret? Losing weight is an internal process. Often we look to make outside changes, dieting, and rigorous exercise with the hope that it will yield a slim body. We are often disappointed. Now, my true weight loss transformation started from the inside. All right, the doctors at the Skinny Center take an in-depth look at what's lurking on the inside and 
pinpoint biological changes that are stopping us from losing weight. So with the results of my testing, they were able to identify the things I needed to do to take control of my health and manage my weight long term. Give them a call today. They know what they're doing. 914-703-4811-914-703-4811. And uh, you can also go to theskinnycenter.com. That's theskinnycenter.com. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. And now they're having random people who were working on Capitol Hill just come up and tell their story. Lawmakers share testimonials of January 6th riot on one year anniversary. And somebody's holding up, I don't know, a handkerchief or something that she had on that day. Just think, this is the handkerchief that I had on that day. Can you imagine? Um, Yeah, we can imagine. I'm in New York City, baby. September 11, 2001. Where were you? Where the hell were you? Have I told you this story? You know where I was? I was was sleeping in my apartment, my one-room apartment in Tudor City. Uh, You know where Tudor City is. It's kind of wedged between First Avenue and Second Avenue, but it's kind of like in this little... On this little hill. It's pretty cool, actually. Right near the UN. And the phone rings. And I had a landline phone. And it was a woman named Inez Paguzzi or somebody like that. I can't remember her last name. Nice lady. I think she works with Channel 4 now. She's like, Greg, do you know what's happening? And I said, I don't have to be until 3 o'clock. What? Because it was primary day, and I did not have to be in until 3 o'clock. She says, no, no, planes have hit the World Trade Center. We need you right away. you got to go to the airport. I said, okay, okay. I put the phone down, and I looked outside, and I saw smoke. I couldn't see the World Trade Center, but I could see smoke coming from lower Manhattan. And then I turned on the TV, and uh, I saw one of the buildings come down. And I remember yelling in anger. Still don't know if that was live or if that was taped or whatever, but I saw a building come down, and uh, I knew everything was different, and I, I was angry. I was angry, 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 angry. Uh, I had the wherewithal, though, to get in the shower because uh, I knew it was going to be a long day, and I took a 40-second shower, got dressed, Ran out of the house, ran down the street, and I kept thinking, we are at war, 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 war. I don't know who it's with, but we're going to be at war. I had to get to New York 1 first because uh, I had to get my camera and uh, got my camera, and I went downtown in a car, and they sent me to Beekman Downtown Hospital to wait for casualties. And Beekman Downtown is right by the Brooklyn Bridge. And I get there and I turn on the TV or the TV is on in the waiting room and there are no casualties. And I remember Rudy Giuliani was speaking on television and uh, somebody asked him, how many people have we lost? Do we have a casualty count? Do you know what number? And he said, I think the number is more than we can ever bear. And it was amazing because right then we saw that Rudy was really the man for that moment. It It was incredible. He said the right thing. And did the right thing. And it was true leadership. Um, And, you know, the last couple of months there, you know, before 9-11, weren't the greatest of his mayoralty. You know, eight years, it was kind of like people thought he had worn out his welcome. Some people, I was always a fan. But anyway, the leadership he provided is amazing. So no casualties show up. 
because there were very few who were injured. The most were dead anyway. Finally, I get over there. I try to cross Broadway, and they won't let me cross Broadway, and I, I finally do And because a National Guardsman saw my press pass, and it said NYPD on top of the press pass. All the press passes are issued by the police department. Maybe we should change that. I don't know, but I finally got passed, and this guy, I think he thought I was a cop, even though I never said that, and I was had a regular NYPD press pass like we all get. And he let me pass Broadway. And once I got past Broadway with the cameraman, I was with this guy named Barron and the other guy, can't Sean maybe. Anyway, got the Century 21, and um, which is the address of the World Trade Center. And I called New York One, and I'm like, I'm right here in the middle of it. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I said, I'm right here. I'm like, there's, it's like nuclear winter. It's crazy. It's like, well, where do we say you are? I don't understand. I'm like, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm right where it happened. So what are you talking about? I said, I'm telling you, this is like ground zero. And ground zero, I believe I'm the first to use that term. It's a military term. And I had used it on air just the week prior uh, because every candidate had made an appearance at City Hall. They were all running for mayor within 10 minutes of each other. And I said, no, City Hall is ground zero in the mayor's race today. Anyway, it was it was so one of the craziest things is because I had come out of that subway stop right there, Church, yeah, Church Street, and um, I could see clear across to where my parents lived, and there, there was some sun coming through, and you could never see that because the World Trade Center was there. So much smoke, it was like nuclear winter, and and then seeing big chunks of the World Trade Center, you know, the exoskeleton, those uh, up and down beams, just seeing it was just crazy. And like this perpetual fire, it was just that looked like it was never going to end. Wild stuff. But you can't tell me January 6th in the same breath as September 11th. And look at these phony baloney congressmen. Anybody watching MSNBC right now? Look at them. Anything. Anything for some airtime. Who who are these people? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Gosh, they're such hams, really. Don't you believe, don't you agree? Let's see here. Joanne, hello. Where on Long Island are you? Hi, Greg. Um, thank you for taking my my call today. Can you hear me, please? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I'm calling you from uh, our new hometown as of the past 40 years, Garden City. Oh, what street? We live in the western section. There are several streets that have, like, Ivy League college. Yeah, names. I know where you are, by, by the firehouse, right? That's correct. Okay, so what's up? And we love the area, and we came yeah. from Queens. All right, so Did, get, get to, to <laughs> what, what's on your mind right now. Forget I asked where you're from. What's going on? It's okay. Well, I listened with great dismay about um, the new Manhattan DA. It's a very poor approach by a man with a lot of education and training and should know better and isn't even trying uh, to do the right thing. And my my feeling about crime is maybe uh, it deserves a revised approach, and I'm not of a liberal bent, but I feel like education, real education, uh, might be a constructive way of managing certain crimes as opposed to maybe imprisonment, education to turn behavior around. Yeah, like what? I mean, specifically, let's be specific well, here. Think, what do you mean? What? Well, I think, first of all, somebody who does the wrong thing 
really has to understand that they did do the wrong thing and take and be accountable for it, not to have All right, Joanne, these are not radical ideas or particularly innovative or new. So, I mean, like, well, I mean, I mean, we've all tried all this stuff. So, I mean, give give us something. What, what What are you talking about? I'm just saying that if we want, I think we just have to look at ways to to create change and and change that is lasting, but right. it has to be done correctly. Uh, there yeah. has to be a lot of discipline associated with it and the right people doing it. I, I you think. know what? I don't know what's going on. You know what? I think, I think actually you got to get, let's be real here. We got to talk about fathers sticking around in families and too many and of I them have not been. Too many of them. You know, we can talk about school uniforms and we could talk about lessons and we could talk about, you know, all this stuff. What we I'm need are fathers that. staying with their families, particularly in the black community. That's no, no, what no, has to I'm happen. About- I, that's what I'm talking about, Joanne. I don't. I mean, I mean, sorry. These are interesting. You know, these are nice things to say. We need change. We need. I mean, it's just uh, discipline. It's very vague, though. It's very specific. What I'm saying. Get the dads to stick around. Don't you think that's a uh, that's that we could should focus on that. After the fact, after somebody has committed one of these crimes that the DA doesn't want to prosecute, I think these people should be held accountable and have to enroll in a rather long range program to elicit change. Yeah, I, I agree. Jail. Let's have a in a, a long range program called prison. Well, that's true. <laughs> okay, Joanne, thank you very much. Look, these are complicated questions. I have no idea. I mean, I well, I do have an idea. Um, the incarceration of criminals is actually okay, even though who is it? Oh, yeah, AOC. Believe it or not, this little lunatic former bartender nut job, she was influential in changing the conversation with statements like this. Cut 24. It's not a border crisis. It's an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. It's a trade crisis. And also, it's a carceral crisis. Because as I have already said, even during this term and this president, our immigration system is based and designed on our carceral system. A carceral. That's what liberals say when they want to sound smart when they're talking about prison. They call it carceral. I don't know why they do that, but they think they're being very sophisticated when they do that. Uh, am I? Am I? Oh, it's time once again. Hey, do me a favor. I am uh, saying some things that I think you need to see. You need to read it and you need to look at the pictures that I'm putting up at Greg Kelly USA on Twitter at Greg Kelly USA on Twitter. Um, there are even some stuff that I can't say on the radio, but I can put them out online. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Hey, 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 hey. Let me know where you were on January 6th of 2021. I personally can't remember. Can you, Mike DeDino? I was working here during Rudy Giuliani's show. You remember? Were you like, oh, wow, I remember where I was at that moment? I actually do, because Rudy was on when it was happening. I mean, it wasn't really such a big deal, though. I mean, when it was going down... I want to play you this. This is uh, Didino, by the way. He uh, does uh, producing around here. He knows sports like crazy. And uh, thanks, Mike. No problem. All right. I want you to listen to this, though. This is a fake news guy named Brian Stelter. And like a broken clock, the fake news is right every now and then, twice a day, maybe. Uh, listen to what he said about January 6th from a television perspective. So I was watching it on TV. 
You were watching it on TV. Donald Trump was watching it on TV. And I noticed something. The anchors were losing their minds. Oh, this is the worst thing that ever happened. But I'm watching the pictures and I'm like, I don't really see what's so bad. I mean, this doesn't look as bad as the Black Lives Matter riots. I don't see anything on fire. I kept thinking to myself, like, why are they hyperventilating? Well, they were hyperventilating because they wanted to politicize it. And I think they knew where this thing could possibly go. And they wanted to hurt Trump. So here's a CNN reporter, Stelter, admitting that on television, it didn't really look like all that much at all. Cut 36, please. Important to remember, it didn't look as bad on TV as it actually was. And that's not the fault of any television network or any producer or anything. It's just most of the live shots were from far away. We didn't see inside the Capitol the horrible violence, the attacks against police. There were only a few of those videos that came out during the day. It took several days to reckon with just how violent this was, and then several weeks to learn about the security failures and all the rest. So in other words, it was worse than it looked on live TV. You know, there's, by the way, Donald Trump has nothing to worry about here, but during the impeachment, and I don't know if they were making this case, if you watch television, it did not look that bad. And oh, by the way, even on the inside, look, for those of us who have been to war, those of us who survived uh, September 11, 2001, survived, I got there just as Seven was coming down, but you know what I mean. Uh, no, I'm sorry. This is it was not that much. Certainly after Black Lives Matter summer. So anyway, you were you were with Rudy. Yeah, we were. I was screening Rudy's show at the time. And what did Rudy? What was Rudy like? I don't remember what Rudy was saying about it. So all right, you were here next to Rudy Giuliani. I don't think it's one of those moments. It's like I was standing in my living room when the world changed. Right? No, I don't think it is. But I do remember it just because I think it was my first week here. Um. All right. So you were a babe. You know, yeah, the the place was like. Well, how old are you, by the way? Twenty six. Twenty six. All right. So you said that like you're proud. Like twenty six. Twenty six. Like you know what you said it like. You said it like John Travolta when he said he was twenty to his girlfriend Stephanie, his wannabe girlfriend. Do you remember that? I don't. How old are you, kid? And she said, he says, I'm twenty. And he gives him a look. She goes, Well, I'm nineteen, but I will eventually be twenty. Anyway. Dude, what's going on with Antonio Brown? Uh, Antonio Brown, first of all, is the is the guy who I actually like, who quit the team in a huff. And you know what? I'm like, you know, I've wanted to quit a job or two in my life and walk out the door and tell him to screw it. I didn't, but he did. Good for him. A lot of moving parts to the story, and I was thinking about it because yesterday you came up to me and you said you, you kind of defended Antonio Brown, and like you just said, you wanted to leave a job before. Yeah. So let's just compare. It. Let's say you were here. And you were really sick one day. And you were, let's say, an hour through your show. So it's 2.15. You tell Chad, Chad Lopez, president here, Chad, I'm sick. I can't do it. And Chad says, you get back in that room and finish your show or you're gone. And you take your shirt off. You start doing jumping jacks. You start pumping everybody up in the studios. And then you storm out. Is that the best way to go about it? I like I like the character you just described, actually. <laughs> That sounds like I I I want to be that guy. No, well, here's the here's the key difference. The key the thing you're leaving out, and that's a colorful story. And I get your point, but let's pretend for a moment that I had a vocal cord injury, and if I kept speaking, and my own doctor said, Greg, if you talk for another half hour, you're never gonna you potentially won't talk again for the rest of your life. And then Chad said, I don't care. Get back in there and start talking. I might just walk out. So that's the difference here. 
And these guys, they only can play football for a certain finite amount of years at best. To mess with this guy's health is messing with his career, is messing with his livelihood, is messing with all kinds of things. So um, I guess I'm still on his side, even though I appreciate and I actually like that little story you just told. Know what I mean? Do you know Antonio Brown's history? He's got a long resume. I'm sure of... these guys are all crazy. They're always, you know, piping off a long resume. What? It's football. He's a football player. He's not a he's not a neurosurgeon. I mean, you want these guys are supposed to be crazy and wild. They hit people for a living. Yeah, he's got a long, long resume of misbehavior. And Bruce... what's the worst thing he's ever done? Well, he's now been. This is now his fourth team, and I believe five years. What's the worst thing he's ever done? He Those did, guys go from team to team to team. Even even nice guys get traded all over the place. So, what's the worst thing he's ever done? He had a sexual assault allegation against him that I believe was dropped. He, <laughs> well, all right, uh, that's bad. But was he arrested? No, he committed a federal uh, he, offense about a month ago with a fake vaccine card. He was holding. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa. Listen to you, Doctor Fauci. I'm just, I'm just stating facts. Fed- here. Oh wait, a federal offense with fake vaccine card. So he didn't want to get vaccinated. He, did, he was not vaccinated. And he There's told plenty the of guys. So I, the more I hear about this guy, the more I like him. What else did he do? <laughs> he has a lot of running with the laws. He's just a di- he's a diva. That's what he is, a diva. Hey, sometimes talented people, you know, you got to give them space. You got, you still haven't told me anything like bad, like you know, really, like you know, okay, all right, now he's got to go. Is he disruptive in the locker room? Yes. How so? He's got a long resume of just – You keep saying the long resume, and I don't think you put this stuff on your resume, by the way. But, you know, one thing about these guys in the locker room, and I'll give them a lot of credit for this. They bring those dopey, out-of-shape, never-played-the-game reporters into the locker room, shine a light in them on their face, and ask them all kinds of, you know, hey, why did you screw up in the second quarter? That was really – like they ask pointed questions like that while they're undressing. The media sucks. They're out to get you. They do. So I guess the 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 locker room thing, I can understand these guys being kind of ornery and, and difficult. So, all right. Do you guys know anything bad that he really did? No? I like this guy. Well, get are, him on the phone. There are also, you, there are legal ramifications that go into this because uh, the head coach, Bruce Arians, who said – Get out of here! He came out in a press conference just yeah. about. An I know hour there. Are, I know there are. What did you call there? There. What kind of legal, ram- legal ramifications? Legal ramifications because the NFL is now a multi-trillion-dollar corporation. I mean, you know, it should be a dispute between the the coach and the player, and that's it. There are legal ramifications. What? Are, what did that guy just give you? What's up? These are some of the uh, legal issues or the long history. Well, or someone's I like trying to, say to back up resume. your. Uh, you've been just. Uh, Playing fast and loot. Now they're going to back. What do you What do you got there? Wait, wait. Before you look at that, what was going on? What do you say the ramifications are? Okay, so you said he they made him go back in the game when he was injured. Yeah. Bruce Arians, head coach, spoke on it about an hour ago. He said that the protocols for an injured player: if you can't play, you have to consult a trainer, and then the trainer relays that message to the coach. You can't just say, I'm not playing, my ankle hurts. You know, sometimes he's an adult, too. i got to go to the school nurse to get a freaking note to show to the coach. That's what it sounds like to me. These players, you know what? I know they get a lot of money, and that's great, but I don't think they're treated like adults. I don't think they're treated like full-fledged citizens that they are. And, you know, I'm not exactly about to kneel, all right? I would never do that. But I think some of their grievances, I, I, I they, they ring loud and clear to me. 
Can I also preface that I am a very big Antonio Brown fan. I was, <laughs> yeah, right. I am, yeah. No, no, no. I really am. I was rooting. I well, am. Say some good things about him. He's a, still a great player, and I, I do believe he will play in the NFL again. Just because in the NFL, it doesn't matter about your history. If uh, you this have just talent, in. This just in. I've been handed a b- big, long list of stuff that he is allegedly to have done. December 2018, while a member of the Steelers, a heated exchange with quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. He just retired, right? He hasn't officially retired because the season's not over yet, but all signs point to him retiring. All right. And by the way, he had an allegation, didn't he? He had a few. You got this, this post-Me Too era, you know, everybody. Geez. Anyway, during a Wednesday practice escalated to Brown throwing a football at him. <laughs> this guy, Ben Roethlisberger, throws footballs at people all day long. What gets one thrown at him? And that's a problem. He then skipped the remaining practices. I'm sorry, skipping practice? That's not like skipping a game. It's practice. And by the way, he's practiced enough. He knows football. How much better is he going to get at a practice? Jesus. Excuse me. Um, and what happened next? Uh, February 2019, meeting with Art Rooney II. Who's that? Brown met with Steelers owner Art Rooney II. And both sides agreed they should part ways. Well, that sounds like a very adult conversation. Agreed. Brown traded to the Steel wait, by Steelers to the Raiders. The Brown era in Pittsburgh officially came to an end. The Steelers traded Brown to Oakland in exchange for third and fifth round draft picks. Yeah, good luck with those guys. Whatever happened to them? I don't think they turned out. Yeah. Too well. <laughs> you, uh, Brown placed on the non-football injury list in July of twenty. This does, this is like very routine stuff. This is not. There's nothing bad. The worst thing so far is he threw a football at the quarterback. <laughs> I, you know what? I should be one of those team advocates or player. Uh, what do you call the agents? Maybe I should be this guy's agent. You're in the minority in this one. I will say. Screw it. I'll be in the minority. I don't care. I typically enjoy being in the minority, but this one, and I've defended Antonio Brown so many times, and this backfired. Well, his... yeah, back, I mean, yeah, so many times. You bring you, you just. You gotta go about it as a, you can't storm off the field doing jumping jacks, taking your jersey off, throwing your gloves Since into the stand. This is a free country. He quit the team. You're allowed to leave jobs. Here, wait. 2019 helmet issues. When the start of the OTA, what's this that? Funny. Off season workouts essentially began in 2019. Brown was unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> with the helmet the Raiders assigned him. I think I remember this one. This the NFL deal. issued a new helmet policy that made his longtime helmet unwearable. It's his lucky helmet. Why are they screwing around with that? Brown was infuriated about the new helmet, and he was given he was given a clash with Raiders coaches. Hey, make this guy happy. He wants his head to feel good during the game. Here's a fun fact for you. What? The coach of the Raiders at that time was John Gruden. Oh, who would later be me too'd for some silly email he wrote 20 years ago. Correct. He even tried to sneak his old repainted helmet into practice. Give the guy a break, which the Raiders caught. Oh, yeah, yeah. The situation, according to a report from the NFL Network at the time, was part of what started Brown's unhappiness with the Raiders and contributed to the role he played in eventually staying away from team facilities. I wouldn't hang around those guys if I couldn't wear my favorite helmet. I like him. Now, do me a favor. I want you to play devil's advocate. I want you to start defending this guy who you say you're a fan of. Now defend Antonio. Brown. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to defend. I mean, you have three pages right here of allegations. Nothing like- is be- You say they're allegations. Here's another one. Brown signs with the Patriots. Brown signed a one-year deal worth $15 million, Wow. To work with the New England Patriots. 
All right. Brown accused of sexual assault by ex-trainer. Now, by the way, these guys are big-time targets, all right, because they got lots of money. I totally And let's face that. it, a lot of women are throwing themselves at these guys, all right? Really? I've seen the reality TV shows. You know, I, it happens. Situation surrounding Brown took a hard turn after a lawsuit followed by his ex-trainer, Brittany Taylor, claimed that Brown sexually assaulted her on multiple occasions over the last three years. Multiple occasions over the last three years. You see the problem inherent right in that? And by the way, this is a lawsuit, pal. This is not – I don't think he was arrested here. He was not. That makes – it's a big difference. Taylor, who attended Central Michigan at the same time as Brown – okay, so she's in college with the guy – filed a lawsuit that said Brown assaulted her three separate occasions from June of 2017 through May of 2018. You think she might have – I don't know, filed this lawsuit in June of 2017 and not – I mean right away? Usually that's how it goes. Brown released a statement at the time and denied all allegations in the lawsuit. The Patriots released a statement as well saying that the accusations were serious and the NFL planned to investigate further. Uh, Patriots released Brown. Ooh, wait, wait. What Was he on the Patriots? Yeah, he played in the Patriots with Tom Brady, but I believe it was only for a few games. Uh-oh, wait a second. Yeah, before all right, hold three, on. Now, now we got something. January of 2020. Felony burglary. Now, what would this guy be doing stealing anything? He's rich. Brown was charged with a felony charge of burglary and battery after an incident with a moving truck driver Mm -hmm. in Florida. In June of 20, Brown pleaded no contest to the charges and received two years probation. He also was ordered to undergo a psychological evaluation and follow-up treatment, attended anger management course, performed a 100-hour well, it couldn't have been that bad. He got into an argument with the guy who was his moving uh, from the moving company, right? I believe he taped it, too, if I remember correctly. All right. Well, it couldn't have been that bad. I mean, this is before Alvin Bragg showed up on the scene. Know what I mean? So it's not. All right. So, look, how do we how do we help this guy? I think he's gotten nonstop help for the last three to four years. Doesn't sound like, it sounds like his teammates are out to get him. Sounds like management's out to get him. Sounds like you are actually not giving him the benefit of the doubt half the time, even though you say you're a fan. Brown suspended for lying about his vaccination status. Here's my view on that. His vaccination status is nobody's business. Nobody's. Nobody's. It isn't, but my um, rebuttal to that would be the NFL has very strict vaccination laws. Yeah, my rebuttal to that would be the NFL has gone totally woke, crazy. They gave in to uh, Colin Kaepernick. That guy, remember, they were about to throw him out. Now he's running the damn league. Right? Fair enough. He's he's basically calling the shots. Unbelievable. That Roger Goodell, what a wimp. All he's right? I'm sick of that guy. I'm sick of that guy. He doesn't care about the health of these guys. Well, to a point he does. But he really, let's face it, he's owned by the owners. Right? He just wants money in his pocket at the end of the day. Isn't it? By the way, don't you get to a point where you have enough money? I saw on I saw a figure. First of all, he gets paid like twice as much as Tom Brady, right? More. He gets more. That's wrong. He just. I, I don't care what the hell he's got going for him. Uh, Roger Goodell is replaceable. Big. Oh, time. He's expendable, absolutely. And so that's why he'll do whatever. I don't know who's pulling the strings. I guess it's the owners. I don't like the guy. And finally, he storms off the field in frustration. I totally understand. You're in the minority. You make it sound like that's a big thing. Like, you know, I mean, and that's the problem with America. Everybody, not, I'm not saying you, Mike, but I, and I know you feel the way you feel. 
But too often in America, we want to make sure we're in agreement because we don't want the mob criticizing us. And I know you sports guys are crazy. You're the your fans is short for fanatic, and you guys get so worked up, um, big time. You know, yeah, you do. We do, yeah. And you say all kinds of horrible things. Now, fortunately, I don't mind it. <laughs> A little bit. No, I don't mind. Uh, oh, it's time already. Sorry, I've been talking to Mike. Thank you. Mike thank the you, Greg. Hey, you run a big sports uh, gambling uh, operation, right, of some oh, kind? It's gambling. Well, it's what is it? Fantasy football page. Fantasy football. All right. Is that for public consumption? Can anybody Absolutely. get involved? How do, how do they find you? You just find me on Instagram at MD Fantasy Sports. That's Mike Didino Fantasy Sports. I actually uh, posted earlier today before I came in about the Antonio Brown situation. So if you want to check it out, you can find everything you need to know there. Excellent. MD Fantasy Sports and uh, good stuff, Mike. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate right it. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. All right, two fine people have been hold on hold for an hour and a half. Let's start with Larry. Larry in Brooklyn, hi there. I think he put me on hold. That's okay. Uh, next up is uh, Joe. Joe in New Jersey, hi. Hey, uh, Greg, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to talk about the in- what they call the insurrection. We- you and I have spoken before. You know, my dad was killed by real terrorists um, at Francis Tavern. It was. And they were arrested and convicted of seditious conspiracy, which is essentially insurrection. Yet these Democrats released them, and now they accuse them, regular Americans of insurrection. You know, I was in the World Trade Center on 9-11. I saw the planes hit from my office window. Uh, my cousin was killed. I saw people jumping for their lives. And to compare what these guys compared, what happened on, on uh, January 6th, Last year, to what I saw on 9-11, what happened to my dad, and then the release of these people, it, it's so disgusting. And, and it, it's, you know, I've testified in front of Congress before, and I've seen the way these, these senators and congressmen act. They're so arrogant and dismissive of the American people. Um, they need a little bit of a taste of what real Americans have gone through rather than sitting there, you know, blaming, putting it on the American people for trying to – to uh, to evoke our yeah. constitutional Joe, rights. Joe, so sorry what happened to your family. See you tonight on Newsmax at 7 o'clock. Thanks, everybody.